public service announcement to essentially everyone. If you want your relationship to work, maybe don't be hyper-focused about your partner's appearance. For example, their makeup and hair. Another example, Leon's love of Crocs. Not a fan, but you know, that's not, that's not what we're basing this relationship off of. <laughs> you don't think with my Crocs, I'm trying to present the best of me to people? <laughs> I mean, I think they're fine sometimes, but other times maybe a in the dead a of shoe. In the dead of winter, probably shouldn't be rocking the Crocs. But you will, because I know you. Yes, but you're not supposed to question. <laughs> but I won't, but opinions. I won't talk shit. Yeah, it's fine. You do you. Of all the things, that's not going to be what I pick at and decide that's the hill I die on. In that same vein, I think we need to start with Mitch and Kristen. Oh, wow. That's okay. Well, we're going, going heavy. Let's, let's do it. Just a heads up for this episode. We will discuss what the couples talked about with their spouse's friends, but some of it was really ir- irrelevant. So we'll touch on it, but definitely going to go into more detail on some of them. For example, Mitch and Kristen. So we see Kristen hanging out with Mitch's sister-in-law. Just a reminder, this is the same woman that called Mitch a fucking asshole like years ago. Like she did not get along with him at all. I'm so curious how his brother is. Well, I believe early on they had to figure out how to properly communicate with each other. Yes. And she kind of... The worries Kristen has about how Mitch communicates, it seems like everything the sister-in-law even had to go through with him. If I'm being honest, I'm sure Mitch's brother is like him in a way, but he's not an environmentalist where he's kind of like, he's not, that's not his thing. So he's not on you about that all the time. Just out of pure curiosity, I'm wondering if he's equally as passionate about something else though. Like, that's almost a personality type to be attached to something so strongly. Mm, I see what you mean. Like, maybe it's a mechanic, so all he can talk about is, like, working on his bike or something. Exactly. Okay. So we find out in this conversation that, essentially, this is the new and improved Mitch. It was way worse before. She mentions that he's changed his delivery or how they communicate, but some of the things that Kristen mentions, it kind of feels like he hasn't. He, He doesn't either alter his tone or in some ways maybe he's pushing back like he doesn't like what he would normally would say in a relationship but he hasn't because he's sort of in this process which is also sort of representing a false representation of himself right he's not judging her as harsh as he really would if he was outside of this experiment and that's what they talk about at kind of after their session with dr pepper this is the more blase version of him that's kind of scary. I wonder if he's let certain things slide that before would be a no-go for him. Yeah. Like the lattes. And I get it. You know, we're throwing away a bunch of cups. You're getting a bunch of lattes. I, I, I get it. But it's it's really hard. Kristen is 32. It's really hard to break a habit down that you've been doing maybe for 20 years, whatever it is, 15, 20 years like of your life. It's really hard to break that. As an ice latte gal myself, it would be hard to break the habit if you're out and about i mean you're not always going to have this cup on you i think mitch he needs to understand and 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 sometimes he mentions it but i'm like i don't think it's really true he says like he can't expect or put the weight of this on someone but it almost feels like he does he, he still does it he totally does it he can logically say nice things and have present things in a way that makes sense but it kind of kills him inside and it leaks out eventually. He mentions that there's this whole 
dark side of, of the world or everything we do, there's sort of this negative aspect to it, right? Whether you're, you're buying something, whether it's a gift or, or buying a new car, or buying a new house, like there's, there's also like a negative side to these things. And there's this whole holistic, you know, there's a grand picture of, of how to solve this. And maybe the message is like one person at a time, but you can't just put that on Kristen. It's a huge, huge undertaking to try to change the world. And don't think you're going to do it with your spouse. And if you communicate that incorrectly with your spouse, this is not going to work. Now, all these heavy topics were in the conversation with Dr. Pepper. Did you notice immediately, Mitch was not happy during this conversation. I felt like his body language, his facial reactions were not great. In the first half of the conversation, his body language was trash. He wouldn't look at Kristen for the first half. Almost like, you're a pet that's disappointed me. Like, I'm ashamed right now. And in the second half, they started opening up a bit. And honestly, I actually thought, wow, they're actually talking about their issues. I mean, that's like number one. Like, just talk about it. I'm like, they have it. This is going good. It ended really well. Another thing they talked about, though, was Kristen's dream of flipping houses. Again, this goes into what you already talked about with the dark side. Because of that, a working family would not be able to afford it. But I will always fall back on just because Kristen doesn't do it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Developers will not just not participate then. It's a bigger issue. And like you said, this cannot be placed on Kristen. Right. For example, just use that housing example. If the fa- if the house is not renovated or flipped, whatever, and a family wants to buy that, there's nothing stopping a developer or somebody from bidding against them or a, a more wealthy family because they want to flip it them or, you know, they want to uh, refurbish the house themselves. So to Mitch to be putting that on her, like that is such a grander picture of city like courts and figuring out like if home should be affordable for people, uh, income classes, like there's so much more to this than just Kristen wants to have a business to flip houses. You can't put that on her. And then Kristen's final issue was she just doesn't know if she can handle it. Very fair. Now, I always like to look at body language, see what people are saying without their words. Did you notice the whole time that they're sitting there and the conversation's moving on, Kristen holds Mitch's hand, but he does not reciprocate. His hand is flat down on his lap and she is holding his hand. I feel like a lot can be said about that. I mean, maybe I'm making it a bigger deal, but I feel like it's the perfect analogy for this entire relationship. She's the one reaching out. She's the one working. And he is just himself. Maybe I haven't noticed it in the past episodes, but this one, more than others, they do focus on Kristen's expressions when Mitch speaks or or eats or just <laughs> like how he is as a human, I guess. Or maybe voicing her disagreements with her facial expressions is apparent in this episode. And also the eating scene, that was just fucking weird. It was... Like, bro, this ain't fucking ramen. Like, you don't have to slurp that fucking hard. I think that was Kristen's point. And I love that she was thinking, do you always eat this way? Did I just never notice? Who picks up broccoli with their hand? Like, it's in... Oh, did he? It's in, like, the noodle dish. Oh, no, thank you. But he, like, picked it up with his hand. I'm like, but you're eating with a fork. Like, just use the fork, bro. Honestly, at some point, I thought he was... He looked at her (laughs) when he did the slurping, and then he just kept doing it to annoy her. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Oh, I just think he didn't even pick up on it. I think so. Okay. I think I give him too much credit, even for that. So while the meeting with Dr. Pepper went really well, 
or at least it ended really well. Kristen was saying she wants to throw all of herself into the remaining time. This quickly changes when Mitch talks to Kristen's sister. Just want to point out real quick, if I'm closing my eyes and I hear her sister talk, I would think it's Kristen. It's wild how much they sound alike. The way they talk, their pauses. They look alike. You can tell this is just a a younger version of Kristen. Which makes sense. Like, they're siblings. But for some reason, that voice, I couldn't get over how much it was like Kristen. It just surprises you when siblings are that alike. I think so. Like, I have siblings and they don't look, you know, like me or we (laughs) we all sound differently, you know. Okay, Mitch. My lord, you have to know, again, public service announcement for married couples, friends, anyone out there. If you say something to someone's spouse, they will be talking about it. Hell yeah. If you say something to someone's sibling, they will, uh, assuming they have a decent relationship with their siblings, they will talk to their siblings about it. There is no way that you could possibly think someone's sister would not tell them every detail of a conversation with their spouse. Mitch fucked up. Oh, well, he fucked up from the jump. Like, why even questioning someone's makeup? Not your place. He fucked up big time. Mitch says that unconsciously he expected a more surfer, hippie type of girl. If he had these really tight, rigid expectations of a woman, this is not for you. I don't know what you were thinking. That should have been top of your list deal breaker, not a hippie girl then. I think what actually happens is you put a sort of spectrum of what you want on these questionnaires I think until you're in that moment and they find you like your supposed perfect person, I think you realize what you really want or like what you're really into. That's a good point. So now they're presenting him this this, this beautiful woman who's got a career, but it's sort of like, okay, maybe I am more specific than I thought. So the question that is posed, Mitch would like advice, insight on how to tell Kristen that he prefers a more natural woman. He is mostly attracted to her at the end of the night when she has no makeup on, her hair is down, kind of wavy. And I fully agree with Kristen's sister when she says, makeup is not for you. The makeup is not for men. It is how you want to present yourself, how you feel good. And that's exactly what it is. Oh, she started started out so good too. She's like, I have a strong feeling about this or strong opinion about this. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be good. Uh, Great response. I totally agree. I wonder, do you notice the sister ended that... I am also here to find out if you're the right person for my sister. Yes. That's a good sister. Yeah, Mitch, I'm, I'm sorry, man, but um, seems like this is definitely where their relationship turned. I'm pretty sure I didn't have them going all the way. I mean, uh, not going all the way, but uh, saying yes on decision day. This kind of cements that. I do not see this working. I feel like Christian's pushed herself way too much for Mitch. You kind of felt it coming up over the past few episodes, but now it's finally hit edge of the hill there. It sucks because i feel like he was making progress or at least said the right things for a couple weeks and then now it's just like he's back to what we thought we saw in the beginning yeah or at least the editing is showing that mitch has tried but again like kristen the habits like he is who he is like you can't change the foundation of someone mostly because he doesn't want to change he sees no problem with it oh no this is this is his calling like this is what he's meant to do he's not going to change that We catch up with Lindy and Miguel going axe throwing, but in reality, it was axe and shovel throwing. And I I feel like Miguel was given a disadvantage. Why was Miguel throwing like a bladed shovel? I just feel like the shape alone isn't very throwing friendly. Why weren't they both throwing actual axes? Why does this bar only have one axe? 
There was, I swear, there was axes on the floor. I'm like, why are you throwing this weird shaped object to throw? I mean, an axe is kind of odd too, but still. Uh, Lindy is really fucking good at this, which is weird. That internal anger, it helps her. It's directed. I did this thing once, but it was with knives. I made like one out of 12, and that was super lucky. I feel like at the end of every conversation this week, we had Lindy starting to spiral. Miguel has to sort of in, sort of embrace her and try to make contact to calm her down. I'm worried. I don't know. Was she sheltered a lot in her oh. sort of the community she was in before? I would say yes. And she was probably not allowed to. I guess there probably wasn't a lot of examples of how to handle emotions is what I'm trying to say. I think partly we also assume that someone that has gone through years of med school and is sort of healing patients should be able to deal with stressful situations. There's a lot already like stressful things that you think would sort of help you in future stressful situations. But we do get a glimpse of that. So when Miguel is talking to Lindy's friend, he says that Lindy's easy to love and they get to what are Miguel's concerns. And essentially it is how she deals with conflict, and how quick she is to anger. Lindy's friend talks about how, like, yeah, it's a pattern pretty much, and even at work, if she's just venting about something, Lindy takes that personally. And the friend said, I'm not even talking about her. I'm just... Yeah, a situation. A situation that bugged her, and Lindy said, oh, that's me. Lindy does seem to be pretty negative. Like, that's where she goes. Which is... Her personality is weird because in some ways she's like really goofy and laughing and big smile. But then you're like super negative. That That's way, way different. For example, looking at your wedding photos, that should be a look how like, you know, dorky we look or, oh, we were so nervous, but you look great. Our but she thinks she's doing that. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, it's that's not, true. She's not even trying to be super negative. That's just her natural talk. True. I think. She, she mentions that actually. When Lindy and Miguel talk to Pastor Cal, we find out that McGindy was waking up every two to three hours and Miguel had to take the majority of the baby duties because Lindy couldn't handle it. And honestly, that's my biggest fear of having children that I just cannot handle it. I think we're pretty hard on Lindy. I was giving her a lot of shit early in the season about the insurance. Now I, I want to give her a lot of shit for like the baby thing, but it's just like a test. And obviously you're not ready to have a kid and you kind of the baby's for that test to, to tell you like maybe you're not ready just yet. Hey, props to Miguel for stepping up. I'm surprised that didn't actually cause a bigger discussion or an argument between them. Which is probably good. Honestly, this is just a totally theoretical made up situation. It is not real. Miguel knew the baby was going to go back in a day or two. So maybe don't pick a fight over this. In some way, do you think the baby actually sparked Miguel's sort of questioning how she stresses out very easily? For example, this could be a sign of if I ask her to help with the child, I know she's going to be super like angry or stressed out. So I'm just going to take over that role. But maybe he sees like, do I want this the rest of my life? Exactly. So it probably, so while he didn't bring up anything and he just kind of did it, I do think it probably sparked things was, that we are in, seeing later He was internalizing on. it. Yeah. So he's like, oh, this is another example of her quick to anger, her quick to react. Also with this conversation with Pastor Cal, 
Lindsay explains that Miguel has only seen her at a 4.5 out of 10. And she's only been at a 10 a couple times in her life. So it's not a big reoccurring thing. But I would still be concerned by a 4.5 only. Because you yelling at me about insurance and cursing towards me is not a 4.5 in my opinion. But again, it's very subjective. Everyone has their own scale. True. I want to know what events cause the 10. Because then Miguel's like, I'm going to avoid those at all costs. (laughs) As he should. (laughs) Yeah, I think there just has to be very specific moments of wronging someone or hurting them to get to a 10. But hopefully people don't have to experience that very much. I am cautious because even the bed conversation was pretty intense. Yeah. For knowing someone for like three weeks. Justin meets with Alexis' friend. And while not too much came out in this conversation... I did think it was interesting that he brought up Maya again because we never see him bring it up to Alexis, only to everyone around them. I mean, I guess Alexis is the one that kind of is a key player here. Maya's gotta go. So I guess bringing it up to her would probably just be a fight. Justin says that he knows he needs to not curse at Alexis and needs to watch his tone. We sort of looked at each other when he mentioned this. I think it was odd that he even worded it as cursing at my partner, cursing at Alexis. I'm like, why are you cursing at your partner? Exactly. And also, we were kind of confused on what this means. So are you calling them a bad name or are you saying, like, why the fuck did this happen? Like, what's, I don't, I think we're really trying to break this down, but. It could be, are we yelling at each other? Are we actually like. You know, just being explicit of words at each other. I mean, what's going on? Because I think the way he described it, if you are cursing at your partner, that just seems super disrespectful, which also it's really weird to the self-described like big teddy bear. Alexis' friend tells Justin that he is everything that Alexis wants in a man. And I feel like he's giving Justin a lot of false hope. I think so as well. When I see them sort of sit close to each other or smile at each other in some moments of this episode i honestly don't want to fall for it i don't know like this show is really good at doing false hope to get you kind of like what are they going to do on decision day i just think they're not compatible no and i think alexis has already realized this a week or two ago and i don't even care if they have sex yeah they, they, they the, won't in, fix or in, change in that preview they might say they had sex but that's not fixing this also The only time they really get along is when they can talk shit about other couples. Yeah, I picked up on that as well. They sort of team up on the shit show. Like, they're not a shit show themselves. But it's almost like, I was like, damn, we thought we were fucked up, but look at them. You know, it's that kind of attitude. I hate it. Yeah. And they've they've done it multiple times in these these group conversations. Okay, at this point, it's like them alone ruining two relationships. Just stay out of everyone's business. We, We will get to that. From the group talk later yes. on this episode, but yes. Ruin your own relationship. We've Stop are, ruining everyone else's. We've already mentioned it before. Alexis is a real smart woman. I know what the fuck you're doing. You know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shady. But they do meet up with Devon Franklin, and it was nice to see him. I actually enjoyed his energy. You can tell he's done. He must have been doing public speaking before, because I, I was kind of getting energized as he was kind of boosting him up. I thought he asked really smart questions. So, for example, what does the environment of the club give to you? Alexis says, I have a stressful job. It makes me feel free. And that essentially she does feel smothered in the marriage. 
But here's the thing. I could have sworn Alexis previously said, I have a super chill job. I just deal with numbers and logistics. So I don't know. This feels like it's it's kind of changed to how it fits in your story. A little bit of a manipulative. I guess that answer sounds better than I just like to fucking turn up on the weekend. Like, (laughs) I guess so. Get off my case. They talk about activities that they like to do. They both agree that they both enjoy these things, but the issue is they're not doing them together and they have no interest in doing them together. So that doesn't really matter, I feel like. Did you notice flying kites was not one of those interests? It was not, but I think if she just opened up, she could get a badass kite. Yeah. They live on a fucking beach town. Like, you gotta go have a, a go, kite. Go fly a kite. Later in the conversation, Justin realizes that he is controlling... He doesn't want to be that person and that he is going to work on that. Intimacy is brought up and Alexis says that she does want to consummate the marriage before decision day, which again, I just don't see that fixing or doing anything for them. Sure. Enjoy that. But there's so much more going on. For how close they were in the beginning of the relationship, I am actually surprised they haven't consummated the wedding yet. I would think it would have happened on the honeymoon with how intense they were. The L word was said. Then we see Pastor Cal meeting with Nate and Stasha. He sits down and says, well, you know, we get reports on everything. Lies. Total lies. And then I'm wondering, do you get reports or do you watch the footage? Because that's very different. Like, do you get a summary from the producer? I thought it was kind of shitty for Pastor Cal to say that the exercises were embarrassing for him as someone that should be a professional who should have had a hand in making this exercise happen, I think that's weird to say. You know, since you see and participate in everything, allegedly. But he's not the sex therapist. That's true. That's true. He is a pastor. Okay. I'll take that back a little bit. (laughs) In this conversation, we find out that Stasha has told Nate that she loves him, but that Nate has not reciprocated and that he has stopped himself multiple times in the past from saying it. How weird would it be for you if someone said, I love you, and then they just didn't say it back? I'd be like, oh, we're never saying that again. <laughs> I'll have I'll talk to you before I say I love you, because we need to sync up on this. And then eventually when that person, if I continue the relationship, and they eventually say it, I'll go, thanks. Pastor Cal asked Nate is he, if he has been cheated on. He said, not that he knows of, which I feel like that's a weird answer, one. But I don't have... That they then asked Nate if he has cheated on anyone. Yeah, I thought it was weird that that question was asked to Stasha, but not Nate. Yeah, why would it not? I wonder if it's because either in questionnaires, they kind of have inside knowledge of their past. Like, have you ever cheated on someone? They'll be like, oh, we're going to bring that up later and make it a, a conversation. I'm, I'm sure a lot of this kind of type of planning kind of goes on in this show. Oh, I'm sure. I just would have, as an audience person, would have liked to see it. Then we find out Stasha has been cheated on and has cheated, but over 10 years ago. So when she was much younger, she even says herself, I was a very different person. Nate is disappointed and he's worried about what could happen in the future. Stasha is taken pretty aback by this and is concerned that the next time she shares information that she will just be judged. Do you think in the following episodes, this is going to cause her, because she's basically been an open book. I'm going to fall in love with you. I'm going to go through this process. Do you think that's sort of going to have her have a wall kind of like Nate? Or I feel like Nate, I mean, Nate's just been trying to protect himself this whole time. I'm wondering if Stasha's is going to do the same. 
Probably, but man, she has been pushing so much. Like she needs progress every single day and you need to tell her what she wants to hear and you need to follow these certain guidelines and hit certain milestones at her time point and that's exhausting. So it just seems like a lot. And if she is putting walls back up again, it's going to be even harder. I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but did you notice that Stasha said that Nate doesn't like to do the exercises? He doesn't like to do the exercises and he does not use the tools. Correct. So this was in a conversation where Stasha was talking to Nate's two close friends. Mm -hmm. And they completely back up exactly what she's experiencing. He's never been in a real relationship before. They've never seen him tell someone other than family that he loves them, follows his own path. Yeah. Would you find that as a red flag for someone that's 29, 30? A little bit. Never a serious relationships, only a couple dates here and there. A little bit. Well, I guess, do you think people say I love you too soon these days? Like if you were dating someone is six months soon enough, is eight months like quick enough? Like, I think you got to feel it out. I think it's so unique. But let's say you say it on like date three, like, no, we're breaking up. <laughs> yeah, I guess there would be like, let's say like Nate was hoeing around. He's had like 20 girlfriends and like, is there a reason like none of them lasted over two months? Like, is that you? Is that a you thing? Or have you only had like four girlfriends and they were all like six months long and it just didn't work out. Was there a four year relationship, but you never said the L word. See, there's, there's all these variations of like, what are we talking about here? Has he not said, I love you. And they've all been short relationships. Like, is that a big deal? Or have you had multiple two, three year relationships and you've never said, I love you. I'm like, that's odd. It does sound like the situation where he only, he just like dated a bunch. Mm -hmm. And so it never got serious. But then it's like, it's just like, can you really knock someone in their twenties for dating a lot? No, but at some point you'd think, There'd be someone that sticks around, right? But they do say that no one's ever hit him like Stasha has. He's never felt like this before. So great plug. That's the boys covering the boy. (laughs) They're having his back. You have to. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me walk it back, though. (laughs) You're different. When Nate meets with Stasha's cousin and a friend, we kind of get a recap of what they already talked about with Pastor Cal. They talk about how the infidelity does make Nate uncomfortable and disappointed. And then he also talks about how Stasha rushes to the finish line as to where he wants to just see where things develop, where it ends up, and how her previous hurt made an appearance in their relationship. I think it's more with the trust, right? Like she, yeah, she's she's odd too because she wants all of this openness and getting to know each other and and being transparent, but you want someone to do that and you don't trust them. Like that doesn't that doesn't work. Exactly. I can't, I can't do all that for you and you don't trust me. It's not the most comforting environment either. But I do love them together. And I want yeah. them to say yes. I think Definitely. they're a good couple. They have. I feel like they could work past all of this. I'm pretty sure they're on my list of making it. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. And then who is uh, definitely not going to make it is Ben and Morgan. And their entire segment with Dr. Pepper was so infuriating to me. This woman has never been held accountable for her words or actions. I think deep down, Ben knows Morgan has her own things to fix, but he's sort of, I'm going to focus on myself. I hope in the real world, in his mindset, he's not down on himself too much. He probably is does feel bad about the way he approached the whole nursing thing, but I think he can re- recover from that. I think Morgan definitely needs to... Like, I don't, why is Ben the only one that we're subjecting to therapy? Yes. Why are we not subjecting this person that 
obviously can't forgive. Like, you have your own set of issues that you need to deal with. But Morgan, the first thing she says is being in a relationship brings out her softer side. She only shows that to people she really trusts. Also, take a shot every time she says trust and you're putting yourself to sleep. Yeah, you're having a good time. (laughs) I was really hoping that Ben would be the one to say it's over first just to save his own mental state. They ended up asking Morgan first, like, is this your decision day? She says yes, but not before in the hallway, pulling out her phone, Googling her license number and pulling it up to show everyone. Morgan, nobody is denying that you're a nurse. Literally nobody. I have not seen anyone on the internet deny it. We all, if if someone didn't know what an associate's was of nursing and the nursing programs, They were nicely corrected, and that was it. No one is on this train of you are not a nurse. It was so cringy. That was argument number one on the honeymoon. You're on your divorce day, and you're bringing that shit up? She's never gotten... Like Ben said, Like she needs to forgive and like move on, or it's always going to be inside of her. And it shows it's still... It's still living rent-free in her mind. And she's such a liar because she tells everyone else and all the experts, I forgave him. This was what he does with his clean slate. Clearly not. We are still arguing about the first fight before he even went to Justin, these apparently other times. The very first conversation face-to-face, the first argument you can't get over. I think I mentioned this to you when we were watching it live that you think Morgan won't get the hint in her future relationships, but I think her future relationships after this, I wonder if it'll this will show up again, sort of like things maybe she needs to work on, but you're thinking she won't even get the hint. Like, it's just not going to happen. No, it absolutely will not be better. The way she speaks about it isn't in any terms of reflection, you have been saying, I really need to work on myself. I need to figure this out. And her response is, yeah, you're not the one for me. So no, this has not sunken in at all. I hope that she does have some sort of reflection watching it back on TV now. But I mean, with how dug in she was about this only being Ben's problem, I just don't see it. The fact that you thought you were ready for a show like Married at First Sight when One thing goes wrong, and that's the end. You'll never recover. Does she have friends? I need to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you live with that kind of mindset, you're just going to continually shut people out. Because I hate to be like negative Nancy, but people in your life are going to disappoint you. They're going to either not live up to some kind of expectation you're setting, like whether it's a friend, a sibling, like your future spouse, like you're going to have ups and downs in all kinds of areas of life. So I don't think it's, it's probably not a good state to be in where you completely shut people out and you don't forgive. Morgan theatrically gives an example of the apology she wants from Ben. And I feel like that's what he already does. But because she's already in the state she is, she doesn't recognize it. She doesn't give a shit. There's nothing Ben can do at this point. Did you notice when Ben was looking at the floor, he almost had like a smirk, like this can't be fucking serious. And I loved it. It's like the only kind of pushback we have gotten. I think, he, I think he's saying the right things. But he's, he's, he's fucking over it, too. Yeah. He's like, I already fucking checked out. I've already apologized. Like, I'm going to fucking move on. I'm going to work on myself a little bit. But, like, I'm, I'm chilling. And I think I would be more cued into 
Ben's fault if Morgan just wasn't so intense. Like, Ben's not blameless in this, but Morgan is just so over the top that I can't even really focus on that. Also, we still don't have any clue of what really happened. Like, what were the rumors? What were the lies? Was the lie, again, him just saying he won't go to Justin, then then going to Justin? Or was it the context of what was said between them? Who knows? Ben kind of talks about his childhood and how, as he was growing up, his parents never showed emotions and that he wasn't allowed to show emotions either. He's kind of relating this to how, I mean, we kind of joke about it. It's He's kind of like clueless. He's kind of aloof. There's not... I don't know, there's something like missing there. And I can totally see from it coming of never being able to express yourself, never being able to be heard. We always have to go this deep with Ben, but we never have to do that with Morgan. We never have to talk about why you can't forgive, why you cut people out of your life, why we're just constantly focusing on this part on Ben. And I don't think it's fair. They mentioned it earlier, or actually she mentioned early on that her relationship with her father isn't good. And I feel like they never followed up with that. No. And at or the maybe, time, I was thinking, sure, that's a private situation. But now I'm so curious. Or maybe it was the instance where she said, I'm not going to talk about that on TV. Yeah. So either the dad is a piece of shit or the dad did one thing wrong. <laughs> it could go either way at this point. Morgan says the marriage is over and that she wants a divorce. Ben says he also wants a divorce to work on himself. Also, the thing about them is I can see Ben growing. He is probably finally facing that he's not the greatest guy he thinks he is. Mm. Morgan has no reflection on this. And so I don't see her making the growth that Ben potentially could if he is honest and going to go to therapy and everything. Did you you notice that Ben was the one to mention that I guess I wasn't ready for marriage as I thought I was? Yes. Did not hear that from Morgan. No, no. Remember what her response was? Like, oh, yeah, Ben's not the one for me. Like, no reflection. I'd be like, I'm just a viewer here on the couch, but it doesn't look like you're ready for marriage either. Because trust me, your future marriage is going to let you down a little bit. I think she's ready for therapy, not a marriage. Then we have the group pool party where Kristen is pissed. This energy is strong immediately right off the bat. And understandably so. Could you imagine how awkward it was when they were in their apartment, like getting ready for oh, the yeah. pool party? No, Mitch it's was, like, wow, Mitch, something's wrong. Mitch but I don't know. Like, wow, Kristen's really quiet right now. It's weird. Kristen tells Morgan that she is taking back what she wants. Honestly, Morgan just annoyed me more and more as the scenes went on. I don't need to see your fucking face. I don't need to see your opinions on the other couples. Your fucking marriage is over. You were a pain in the ass. You didn't fucking forgive anyone. Now you're sort of egging people on of like, yeah, I'm fucking proud of you. Yeah, get them. Like, shut up. <laughs> Let people fucking deal with their shit. That's exactly how I felt. Like, you're not the one to give anyone advice or to root anyone on. Just, just stop. We're theorizing that it kind of seems like Kristen essentially went around to all the ladies and just like, Told them, like, I'm about to pop off on this fucking group talk. So, yes, that is our theory. Because when she was talking to Morgan, right at the beginning of the scene, early evening, sun was still out. She says, I'm planting seeds. And, ooh, baby, Alexis nurtured those seeds, watered them, gave them good nutrients. Yeah. Justin was there to back her up, (laughs) water them a little extra. We see Mitch praising Dr. Pepper on how she understands them both. And then Alexis pipes up, asking about the makeup references. Kristen then turns to Mitch and asks, do you think you're over that? 
So while Mitch claims he doesn't remember ever saying anything in the beginning, we have Miguel who says, yeah, I also didn't hear that. And Justin then pipes up. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. I heard it. He said it. That the way he said it, talking out of his ass. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard it. What? First of all, Justin, like semi bro code. Why are you throwing this man under the bus right now? Two, please someone on Twitter, if you know the episode, the time slot, I will fucking check. I do not fucking remember Mitch saying makeup specifically early on. He says a more natural, like looking person. He uh, didn't say makeup, I don't believe. I think he did. He did? I think so. Let me, okay, maybe we should go back as well. Because I was I about to go in on Justin. I could have sworn at the beginning. Okay, you might be right, though, as far as I prefer a natural looking woman. And she's more put, I don't know, like, together. I don't think he actually said makeup. I'll, we should Does go that back change and, things? We should go back and check. Because Justin, if you fucking just said, yeah, 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 I heard that. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. You do not fucking hear that. If I'm wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I could I'll apologize to Justin on the pod, but for right now, it shit looks shady as hell. I just feel like any friend code is maybe don't get involved at all. Even if you did hear it, I wouldn't say shit. Also, Alexis, the fucking way you brought this up again, girl, you are smart. I know what the fuck you are doing. You were ready to rile this shit up and get it going. Yeah. And I don't know if Kristen asked you to get it going. But you 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 wanted to see it, and then they did that shit again where they fucking judged people. Like, damn, I know we're fucked up, but look at them. Yep, I hate that. Mitch eventually comes around and says, "Uh, yeah, I guess I did. I think I did say that." He also follows that up with, "It's not like I'm a controlling husband." As Kristen shoots evil eyes at him and says, "No, not at all." And then she does a nice pan to the camera. Like it's an office scene. <laughs> she she broke the fourth wall. <laughs> she did. Like right into the camera. Probably looking at the producer behind the camera like, is this motherfucker kidding me? Like, you have witnessed what I have witnessed in that apartment. And Mitch, I'm sorry. You might not be controlling, but your actions uh, and who you are, it kind of says, like, you need to do things this way or I'll be disappointed in the woman beside me. Well, it's essentially my way is correct. And even if society as a majority does it, all of those people are wrong. You keep getting them fucking iced lattes and I'm leaving your ass. <laughs> like, that's starting to be, that's a little trolling. I don't even care about the other couples in this conversation, man. Like, this shit was hot. Like, everyone else was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But Kristen and Mitch, we saved you last for a reason. Just wanted to touch on one point real quick, though, with Alexis and Justin. As soon as Justin shares an update on them, she's pissed. She hates hearing his voice. She's over it. We pause it at one point as soon as Justin started talking about, I believe, about intimacy. Yeah. She's just like dead face. Just like not looking at him, not looking at the camera, just like no expression to her face. Unless she's trying to, I need to listen to everything this man says because I need to call his ass out if something's incorrect. I feel like she should look at him then, not also look straight into my soul through the camera and give me that look. You know what that look was? It was really, I'm tired of hearing this shit. Yeah. It's I'm fucking tired of talking about the same thing over and over again. That's what that look was. And then out of seemingly nowhere, three of the experts arrive. Do you think this is one of those things where they were watching them on camera somewhere in like a other room or something? Probably similar to last season when they confronted Isaac. I'm surprised they didn't show the experts in the room. That's what I would want. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, this is getting too, this is getting too heavy. We need to go out there and save them. (laughs) Devon touches on intimacy with Alexis and Justin. That goes fine. Sure, sure, sure. But we're here for the other couple. (laughs) Dr. Pepper turns to Kristen and Mitch and asks, 
Did something happen? Kristen asks Mitch, have you gotten over your initial hurdles over your attraction to me? Based on the conversation with my sister, you have not. At this point, Mitch is losing his patience a little bit. If I was in Mitch's seat, I would start sweating a little bit. I can see where he he's kind of getting pounced on. He is, but he needs it. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying I wouldn't feel comfortable being pounced on either. You would fully shut down. You I'd would like, not. I'm not speak. fucking talking to any of you. Yeah. Sitting here quietly. I'm here totally so I don't get. I'm here so I don't get fined. I'm here so I don't get. <laughs> oh my god! I would divorce you right on the spot. <laughs> like we're done. There's no reason. Uh, uh, Kristen was putting out the dishes over. Oh yeah, that's, I mean that's what she said at the end. Mitch says that he is most attracted to his wife when she is more natural. He is asked by Dr. Pepper, are you very attracted to her? He says, um, I'm attracted to her. <laughs> That's not what she asked. That's not what she asked. I recall Kristen mentioning, I need someone that is excited that I walk in the room. Like, right. You want that love, that passion of like, that is my person. Not the, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm. She's okay. She's all right. She's there. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll sleep with her, but I don't find her that attractive. That's what we're getting to. It's so inappropriate. More power to Kristen that they paused on the intimacy. Yeah. Don't, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. And if you don't feel close to this person and that's something you want, do not have to. Was his joke that he called Kristen by another name? Oh my God. I hope not. That's He's horrible. Like, Haha, it's a joke. Oh my God. What if he jokingly called her by her mom's name? No. That He thinks she's very attractive. She He told her many times to her face also, in front of the family. Okay, okay. This is some bullshit. He likes a woman that is more natural, less makeup. But he mentions that he finds Kristen's mom attractive like twice, who is not a natural woman plenty of makeup possible plastic surgeries very in style with the current times not not a hippie at all so what is this i'll never get over that That regardless of what he says i will always go back to oh well you were falling over yourself over the mom dr pepper says no one wants to see you unhappy and i think this is a conversation you can get through i think he finds you attractive if you talk this over there will be enough attraction Kristen interrupts. She thanks them for their time. She respects them. Dr. Pepper, I'm going to stop you right there. (laughs) Kristen says she is not going to accept that Mitch is attracted to her enough. She says, he has made me question myself. I came into this as a full woman. I wanted someone that is excited when I walk into the room. I am done. I don't need an apology from you guys. I need an apology from him. And I cut to Mitch. He has no idea what to do. He is very lost. Uh, I mean, I agree with her. Yeah. You, you don't need to convince someone to be with you. You shouldn't have to. This is her breaking point. We thought we saw her breaking point the other week. She kind of recovered from that a little bit. He probably said the nice things he normally does. And we're back. Then we cut to Justin and Alexis doing what they do best, judging other couples. They both agree that Mitch doesn't know what he wants. He's not ready to be married. And then the quote of all seasons, he needs someone with dirty feet. You were... I was dying. (laughs) We rewinded it like three times. (laughs) Okay, we we are usually on with the Mavs Mafia, but man, we did not watch this one live, but 
fuck that twitter that time on twitter must have been like fucking lightning striking twice man like it was so good we had to miss the live tweeting that night and i'm so sad about it you mentioned that i'm realizing that justin and alexis are at their best when they're talking shit about other yeah, couples they get along the best they're feeding off each other's energy Love to talk shit about other people. All right. This weekend, we're doing fucking research. I am checking if Mitch said that shit. Okay. Yeah. Watch the first couple. Well, not even the first no, couple. Like, like honeymoon like, episode. F- remove the intro. Like, it's straight to like honeymoon. Yeah. The guy's conversation is, I bet, where it would be. If it is there. On the next time on, we have more intimacy exercises. We see Leon's favorite part, the couple's retreat. While Lindy Mangel are fighting, it almost seems like she snapped at him. He says, you don't ever talk to me like that. Ever. And me and you have kind of different definitions of yelling, which we kind of got into again while we were watching this. You take it very literally as a volume as to where I have been known to say, stop yelling at me when you have absolutely not been yelling at me. It's like there's a disagreement and some people translate that to they're yelling at me. And I'm sh- I think that happens in, with a lot of people. In my mind, I'm like, that is not yelling. <laughs> we're just having a conversation right now that we are disagreeing on, not yelling. The couple's retreat has always been, for some reason, I mean, it might be just the clusterfuck of people in one environment. That's probably what it is. It should always be my favorite episode. In the past, a lot of shit shows have happened on the couple's retreat, whether it's a husband looking at a wife a little too much or talking to another wife a little too much or, or you know, folks have folks are drinking. They're a little bit more honest, a little bit more honest conversation comes out. But I agree with Miguel, if someone snaps like in whatever way at me, like pay attention or something, I'm like, why are you snapping at me? That's fucking odd. Do you think she really yelled at him? Yes. I can, that is also my yes, reflection. I can see that. I can totally see it. So maybe we saw a five instead of a 4.5. Like, okay, when they were in bed talking about the insurance, do you consider that yelling? I mean, it was kind of like a one way conversation. That was kind of a yelling sequence. Okay, I took that as yelling too. Give me fucking insurance. Like, the, that, yeah, that's, that's yelling. That's yelling. Okay, so, yeah. I, so I agree. I think she yelled at him at the couple's retreat, probably in front of everyone. So it stirs it Mind too you, much. It seems like they're doing like a themed fancy... It looks like a great time. Why is any party? yelling happening? Oof. I just, I just yeah. want people to be happy. And the fact <laughs> that they have a blow up at this moment in time, that's kind of a bummer. Right before decision day. At this party, it also looks like Kristen votes herself as the most likely to have multiple divorces. Are they doing Dundee Awards? Well, (laughs) it is kind of Dundee Awards, but I assume it's like what happened last season. But I don't think they got awards last season. You remember when Lindy freaked out at their question game? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Lindsay, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, you're right. So I assume it's the same game, but you get like little awards this time. Someone is an Office fan. Shout out to you on production. Great fucking idea. I see you. Yep. I see you. Kristen, most likely to wear white sneakers. Yep. (laughs) White sneakers award. Mitch is not Jim. Oh, that's right. Mitch is not Kristen's Jim. Mitch is probably like, ah, yeah, this marriage ain't going to work. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked up. All right. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with Sister Wives. We'll talk to you then. Take care. Later.